It's not really a river, they say. More like a river of plastic. More than 15,000 pounds of trash removed, thousands more to go. The Tennessee River, dirtiest in the country, is getting a lot of attention these days. course of three days, a team of about 15 volunteers just recently moved over 9,000 pounds of trash from the Tennessee River. It's notoriously polluted. Months ago, they removed 5,000 from this tributary to the Ohio River. Kathleen Gibby, leader of this pollution roundup gang, said they're aiming for 100,000 pounds of trash by the year's end. Experts think this river has more plastic than any other river in the world. Not a great record, but concerned citizens are making a difference, and that's encouraging. Christians are called to take care of God's creation, too, because we know the Creator personally, after all, and one better. He's promised to restore all things in Christ. Welcome to Haven Today, here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're wrapping up our third week of our January series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. What am I going to do? That's a question that men and women around the world ask every day. We ask it in the little moments of life, wondering how our days should be spent, and we ask it in the wake of a personal loss. We ask it when something significant happens in the world. It reminds me of the time when Frodo, in Lord of the Rings, wondered aloud why the infamous ring had come to him. Remember those encouraging words his friend Gandalf shared with him? I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides the will of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. In which case, you also were meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. A wise answer, and one that lines up with the message of Scripture. As believers, we have a responsibility to view the time we have on earth as precious. It's passing. Paul tells us in Ephesians to be very careful how we live and to redeem the time because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity, being faithful, that's our role in this world. And there are few better illustrations of that truth than in Luke 19 when Jesus told the parable of the ten minas. This story is overlooked often, but is a great reminder teaching us all to redeem our time. After this program, I want you to have a very special feature film called The Gospel of Luke. This DVD lets you choose either the NIV or the KJV as you watch the gospel play out before your eyes with talented actors shot on very real locations. The gospel comes to life. I've never seen anything like it, and I know it'll help you better understand the life of Jesus. So after the program, call us. Make your gift and ask for the Gospel of Luke DVD. The number to call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. 
or go online. Check out the sample scenes we put up there on our website. Make your gift then at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now let's get started. Nicole Mullins featuring Michael O'Brien and Kingdom Come. I father in heaven, please hear me now, I pray we need you more than ever in a million different ways.
Nicole Mullins featuring Michael O'Brien and Kingdom Come here on this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. I've really enjoyed reading through Luke's Gospel this month. Of course, it's the same Jesus in all four Gospels, but each account is unique, focusing on particular aspects of the person and saving work of our Lord. Some have said that Luke especially shows us that Christ is our great forgiver. All our sins, stacked as high as the tallest mountain, are fully covered by this gracious Savior. Now, what should we do with that knowledge? Well, let's open our ears as well as our hearts and hear what the Holy Spirit says in Holy Scripture. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit, so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, Take his mina away from him 
and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Haven today in a reading from Luke 19 from the Gospel of Luke DVD. It's yours when you make a gift to this listener-supported ministry, often called the Parable of the Ten Minas. It is one of the more neglected parables in the Gospels. There are at least a couple of reasons why. For one, it can be difficult at first glance to know who the characters represent. But another reason is that this parable often gets mixed up with the parable of the talents, which is found in Matthew 25. Some of the elements of the stories are the same, but there are crucial differences, most importantly the amount of money given to the servants. In Matthew's parable of the talents, each servant receives a different amount of money based on their skills. As one writer puts it, that's a story about giftedness. But in Luke's parable of the meanness, the servants receive the same amount of money. It's a story of faithfulness. Luke 19 is so helpful because it not only gives us the parable itself, but also examples that flesh out the parable even more. In Jesus' story, a king goes to a far country. He gives his servants one mina each, about three months' salary, and he instructs them to turn a profit while he's away. When he returns, the faithful servants are rewarded, and the wicked servant is judged severely. In Luke 19, Zacchaeus is an example of a faithful servant. The triumphal entry is a picture of the king's return. And the cleansing of the temple is an illustration of what the king will do when he comes back. Jesus was a master storyteller. Rather than making up all the details, he used an event that had happened only a few decades earlier as the basis of his story. It surely brought the parable to life for those who heard it. In those days, the king of Judea had been a wicked man named Archelaus, he was hated by his subjects and known to be quite severe. But as Jesus tells the parable, it ultimately refers to him. He's the king. Christ is certainly not trying to say that he is wicked like Archelaus, but the king of the parable is indeed severe. That's a detail we would rather skip over. We like to think of our Lord only in terms of acceptance and approachability. All that's true, of course, but we must not make the mistake of forgetting that he is the king. And like the king in the parable, he's gone away to a distant country in his ascension to the Father's right hand. We have his presence by the Spirit, but Jesus himself is in heaven, and we are waiting for him to return. That's why Luke says Jesus went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. That was the mistake so many made in Jesus' day. They thought the Messiah would come in his full glory all at once. But Christ's message was different. He was going to a far country for a time. He was coming back one day and he expected his servants to be turning a profit with the gifts he had given to them. The minas of the parable refer to the message of the gospel. That's why it's the same amount of money for every servant, 
because every follower of Christ has the gospel. Notice that in the story, the servants are faithful by letting the mina do the work. The first and the second faithful servants both say that the mina itself earned more. That's because the gospel is the power of God. By the Spirit's power, it multiplies. The faithful farmer plants, and it grows without the farmer understanding how. Dr. Luke tells the story of Zacchaeus in this same chapter. Brilliant, because Zacchaeus is a perfect example of a faithful servant who puts the gospel to work. In this famous story, Jesus comes to the house of a tax collector who had defrauded so many people. We read Zacchaeus welcomed him gladly. What a powerful picture of someone believing the gospel, wouldn't you say? Jesus offered himself, and Zacchaeus received him with gladness. And then the gospel keeps on working in his life, churning a prophet the way it's supposed to. Once a man trapped by his greed, Zacchaeus gives half his possessions to the poor and repays those he defrauded four times what he stole. What about the king's return? Well, it'll be something like what happens in the verses after the parable. We read about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the cleansing of the temple. One day the Messiah will come again, and not just to Jerusalem. The entire world will know of his coming, and every knee shall bow before him. He is the king, and he will cleanse the entire earth. He will call all his servants to account for what they did with the time that he gave to them. It may sound severe, but what happens when we think about what Christ has already done? His expectations become completely reasonable, even a privilege. In the parable, the subject hates the king. That's a hatred that fell on our Lord. John says that Jesus came to his own, but his own did not receive him. He was despised and rejected. Or think about the people there in Jerusalem bowing down and praising him. Many of the same people in that crowd would yell crucify him a few days later. Jesus is not like the kings and rulers of this world. He didn't leave us with arbitrary marching orders. He has called us to obedience only after dying in our place. He's entrusted the gospel message to us because his death and resurrection are still powerful to save sinners after all these years. And whatever we have in this life is a gift from the Lord, whether family or money or possessions. What do we have that we have not received. When we realize what Christ has given, the Spirit produces a real desire to live for Him. That's what the faithful servants of the parable did. They put their minas to work. They redeemed the time, knowing that the days were evil. I wonder what our world would look like if we took this charge more seriously. Our King has gone to a distant country, but He's returning and he will take account of what we've done. We all receive the same salvation, but the degree to which we enjoy that salvation will depend on what we've done in his name. The world is tearing itself apart with hatred and violence. It needs the gospel. Your family members, your friends, fellow students, co-workers need to know that Jesus is the Messiah of the world. Remember all that he's given you. Now, Let's take up our minas. Let's get to work. What will you do with the time that's left? Will you live it all with no regret?
Well, they say that you love to your final breath. What will you do with the time that's left? Oh, This is Haven Today and a program called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Time that is left. Mark Schultz leading us. Would you pray with me for a minute? Lord, we look forward to your coming again. We ask for this third gospel to speak to us, to fill our hearts with life-giving news that only comes from our Savior who died on the cross for us. Lord, We humble ourselves before you, and we ask for you to show us your way, the way of the cross, the Christ-centered way, 
so that we can not just get to know you better, but that we can find saving grace. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I can't think of a better way to redeem our time this month than to spend time with the Lord by reading the Gospel of Luke. Would you set aside time with me to read through Luke at least once? And to help you better understand this gospel, I want to send you the DVD called The Gospel of Luke. No better way to experience the ministry of Jesus than with your eyes and your ears and your heart. It's a feature-length film dramatically portraying the story of Jesus with skilled actors shot on location in the Mediterranean. And you get to choose whether you want to watch it in the New International or the King James translations. This DVD experience will help you begin a new year fresh in your walk with Jesus. So call us right now. Make your gift to this listener-supported ministry. We'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD with our thank you. And the number to call right now is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or online, watch some of the scenes from the movie, and you can make your gift there and order the DVD, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when, again, we get to experience together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven. David tells us in Psalm 32. The Apostle Paul will pick that line up in Romans 4 as he explains the heart-stopping beauty of the Lord's plan of salvation. Blessedness, then, is not found in things. Paul should know he accomplished a lot in his day. David, too, king of Israel, renowned warrior. Blessedness is not something to be bought or won. It's a gift, the gift of forgiveness. It looks like the Lord stooping low to lift us out of the miry bog, cleaning us up, making us new. Blessedness is found in Christ, as Paul tells us in Ephesians 1, in whom we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional at GetAnchor.com.